Welcome to Manna for Breakfast, the daily Bible reading devotional which chronologically takes you through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in one year. Grab a cup of coffee and your Bible and join us as we journey together through God's Word. Okay, good morning, everyone. We are live. It's a beautiful morning. Beautiful morning here, and we are in cool weather. Can you believe it? We've all been waiting for this day to arrive. 68 degrees. 68. It's been 78, 80. Just dropped down at 68. It was lower than that. It was down, I don't know, 65 or something. And it's 58% humidity. We've been hovering up in the 80s. Now it's dropped to 50. This is the first cold morning. Praise God. Sorry for you guys up in the cold country. I know you're praying for the (laughs) warm weather, but for us, we're praying for the cold. So we are in Ezekiel 22 and 23. We are ready to get going into it today. So let's look into the word. Father, thank you for this day that you've given us. We do thank you, God, that it seems that there are hostages being released at this moment. We just pray, God, that this is all happening and those families of the ones being released, the mothers and their children, will be reunited today and be unharmed, God. So we rejoice in this as an answer to prayer, and and we do pray, God, fervently that this is going on as we speak. So thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's look into Ezekiel 22. The sins of Israel. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, And you, son of man, will you judge? Will you judge the bloody city? Then cause her to know all her abominations? You shall say, Thus says the Lord God, A city shedding blood in her midst, so that her time will come, and then makes idols contrary to her interests for defilement. You have become guilty by the blood which you have shed and defiled by your idols which you have made. Thus you have brought your day near and have come to your years. Therefore, I have made you a reproach to the nations and a mocking to all the lands. Those who are near and those who are far from you will mock you. You of ill repute, full of turmoil, Behold, the rulers of Israel, each according to his power, have been in you for the purpose of shedding blood. They have treated father and mother lightly within you, and the alien they have oppressed in your midst, the fatherless and the widow they have wronged in you. You have despised my holy things and profaned my Sabbaths. Slanderous men have been in you for the purpose of shedding blood, and in you they have eaten at the mountain shrines. In your midst they have committed acts of lewdness. In you they have uncovered their father's nakedness. In you they have humbled her who was unclean in her menstrual impurity. One has committed abomination with his neighbor's wife, and another has lewdly defiled his daughter-in-law, and another in you has humbled his sister, 
his father's daughter. And you, they have taken bribes to shed blood. You have taken interest and profits. And you have injured your neighbors for gain by oppression. And you have forgotten me, declares the Lord God. Verse 13, Behold, then I smite my hand at your dishonest gain, which you have acquired, and at the bloodshed which is among you. Can your heart endure, or can your hands be strong in the days that I will deal with you? I, the Lord, have spoken and will act. I will scatter you among the nations, and I will disperse you through the lands. I will consume your uncleanness from you, and you will profane yourself in the sight of the nations. And you will know that I am the Lord. The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, the house of Israel has become dross to me. All of them are bronze and tin and iron and lead in the furnace. They are all dross of silver. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, because all of you have become dross, therefore, behold, I am going to gather you into the midst of Jerusalem. As they gather silver and bronze and iron and lead and tin into the furnace to blow fire on it in order to melt it, so I will gather you in my anger and in my wrath, and I will lay you there and melt you. I will gather you and blow on you with the fire of my wrath, and you will be melted in the midst of it. As silver is melted in the furnace, so you will be melted in the midst of it, and you will know that I, the Lord, have poured out my wrath on you. And the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, say to her, You are a land that is not cleansed or rained on in the day of indignation. There is a conspiracy of her prophets in her midst, like a roaring lion tearing the prey. And they have devoured lives. They have taken treasure and precious things. They have made many widows in the midst of her. Her priests have done violence to my law and have profaned my holy thing. They have made no distinction between the holy and the profane. They have not taught the difference between the unclean and the clean. And they hide their eyes from my Sabbaths, and I am profaned among them. Her princes within her are like wolves tearing the prey by shedding blood and destroying lives in order to get dishonest gain. Her prophets have smeared whitewash for them, seeing false visions and divining lies, for them saying, Thus says the Lord God, when the Lord has not spoken, the people of the land have practiced oppression and committed robbery. They have wronged the poor and the needy and have oppressed the sojourner without justice. Verse 30, I searched for a man among them who would build up the wall and stand in the gap before me for the land so that I would not destroy it, but I found no one. Thus I have poured out my indignation on them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. Their way I have brought upon their heads, declares the Lord God. Chapter 23. Ahola and Aholabas, sin and consequences. The word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, there were two women the daughters of one mother, and they played the harlot in Egypt. They played the harlot in their youth. There their breasts were pressed, and there their virgin bosom was handled. 
Their names were Ahola, the elder, and Aholeba, her sister. And they became mine, and they bore sons and daughters. And as for their names, Samaria is Ahola, and Jerusalem is Aholeba. Ahola played the harlot while she was mine. And she lusted after her lovers, after the Assyrians, her neighbors, who were clothed in purple, governors and officials, all of them desirable young men, horsemen riding on horses. She bestowed her harlotries on them, all of whom were the choicest men of Assyria, and with all whom she lusted after, and with all their idols she defiled herself. She did not forsake her harlotries from the time in Egypt, For in her youth men had lain with her, and they handled her virgin bosoms, and poured out their lust on her. Therefore I gave her into the hand of her lovers, into the hand of the Assyrians, after whom she lusted. They uncovered her nakedness, they took her sons and her daughters, but they slew her with the sword. Thus she became a byword among women, and they executed judgments on her. 11. Now her sister Aholibah saw this, yet she was more corrupt in her lust than she and her harlotries were more than the harlotries of her sister. She lusted after the Assyrians, governors and officials, the ones near, magnificently dressed horsemen riding on horses, all of them desirable young men. I saw that she had defiled herself. They both took the same way. So she increased her harlotries, and she saw men portrayed on the wall, images of the Chaldeans portrayed with vermilion, girded with belts on their loins, with flowing turbans on their heads, all of them looking like officers, like the Babylonians in Chaldea, the land of their birth. When she saw them, she lusted after them and sent messengers to them in Chaldea. The Babylonians came to her, to the bed of love, and defiled her with their harlotry. And when she had been defiled by them, she became disgusted with them. She uncovered her harlotries and uncovered her nakedness. Then I became disgusted with her as I had become disgusted with her sister. Yet she multiplied her harlotries, remembering the days of her youth when she played the harlot in the land of Egypt. She lusted after their paramours, whose flesh is like the flesh of donkeys, and whose issue is like the issue of horses. Thus you longed for the lewdness of your youth when the Egyptians handled your bosom because of the breasts of your youth. Therefore, O Aholibah, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will arouse your lovers against you, from whom you were alienated, and I will bring them against you from every side. Verse 23. The Babylonians and the Chaldeans, Pokad and Shoah and Koah and all the Assyrians with them, desirable young men, governors and officials, all of them, officers and men of renown, all of them riding on horses, they will come against you, with weapons, chariots, and wagons, and with a company of peoples, they will set themselves against you on every side with buckler and shield and helmet, and I will commit the judgment to them, and they will judge you according to their customs. I will set my jealousy against you 
that they may deal with you in wrath. They will remove your nose and your ears, and your survivors will fall by the sword. They will take your sons and your daughters, and your survivors will be consumed by fire. They will also strip you of your clothes and take away your beautiful jewels. Thus, I will make your lewdness and your harlotry brought from the land of Egypt to cease from you so that you will not lift up your eyes to them or remember Egypt anymore. For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will give you into the hand of those whom you hate, into the hand of those whom you were alienated. They will deal with you in hatred, take all your property, and leave you naked and bare. For the lewdness of your harlotries will be uncovered, both your lewdness and your harlotries. These things will be done to you because you have played the harlot with the nations, because you have defiled yourself with their idols. You have walked in the way of your sister. Therefore, I will give her cup into your hand. Thus says the Lord God, you will drink your sister's cup, which is deep and wide. You will be laughed at and held in derision. It contains much. You will be filled with drunkenness and sorrow. The cup of horror and desolation, the cup of your sister Samaria. You will drink it and drain it. Then you will gnaw its fragments and tear your breasts, for I have spoken, declares the Lord God. Therefore, thus says the Lord, because you have forgotten me and cast me behind your back, bear now the punishment of your lewdness and your harlotries. 36. Moreover, the Lord said to me, Son of man, will you judge Ahola and Aholaba? Then declare to them their abominations, for they have committed adultery, and blood is on their hands. Thus they have committed adultery with their idols, and even caused their sons, whom they bore to me, to pass through the fire to them as food. Again, they have done this to me. They have defiled my sanctuary on the same day, and have profaned my Sabbaths. For when they have slaughtered their children... For their idols, they entered my sanctuary on the same day to profane it. And lo, thus they did within my house. Furthermore, they have even sent for men who come from afar to whom a messenger was sent. And lo, they came for whom you bathed, painted your eyes, and decorated yourselves with ornaments. And you sat on a splendid couch with a table arranged before it on which you had set my incense and my oil. The sound of a carefree multitude was with her, and drunkards were brought from the wilderness with men of the common sort. And they put bracelets on the hands of the women and beautiful crowns on their heads. And then I said concerning her, whom was worn out by adulteries, will they now commit adultery with her when she is thus? But they went into her as they would go into a harlot. Thus they went into Ahola, into Aholiba, the lewd women. But they, the righteous men, will judge them with the judgment of adulteresses and with the judgment of women who shed blood because they are adulteresses and blood is on their hands. Verse 49. 
For thus says the Lord God, bring up the company against them and give them over to terror and plunder. The company will stone them with stones and cut them down with sword. They will slay their sons and their daughters and burn their houses with fire. Thus I will make lewdness cease from the land, that all women may be admonished and not commit lewdness as you have done. Your lewdness will be requited upon you, and you will bear the penalty of worshiping your idols. Thus you will know that I am the Lord God. Well, you certainly can't get away from how God compares spiritual adultery with physical adultery. And that is plain and simple God's perspective of anyone who goes after something else to worship, is wants to bow down to the altar of these foreign gods, these false gods, or the modern gods of money and fame and power that we all fall into. I mean, without Christ, we bow down to those gods. And he says, it's spiritual adultery to me. I am your creator. And God has established a relationship with with humans. He desires to have a relationship with fidelity, that you worship him and him alone. And it is a very, very special relationship. It is meant to be exclusive of all other relationships. And of course, for Israel, he has to use the extreme kind of comparisons because, again, and it's uh, not that we don't deal with it today, but in, in that degree, unless you're really into the dark stuff, unfortunately, it still exists. But in those days, their idolatry did involve all of the physical lewdness and immorality and to the point of making their sons and daughters pass through the fire, offering them physically, burning them on the altar to these gods. So all of the horrid things that were accomplished in the flesh originated in the heart with their worship of these false gods. So this is why he compares them to these two unfaithful women who go after these other nations and want them to come in and sleep with them, and they become defiled by them. And then, of course, talks about Judah, a whole about going to Babylon. And, you know, Babylon comes in essentially because they said they wanted those gods, and then Babylon comes in and, and then conquers over them. But even in that, they still persist in going after Babylon. He basically says, you wanted them. You wanted their gods. You wanted everything they had to offer because you rejected Yahweh. And so this is Ezekiel's vision as he goes into the temple and he sees the priests are still there in secret bowing down to these gods. And they're still offering their children, um, burning them alive. And he says, so I've reduced you to basically nothing and allowed them to come in and do what they do and to kill, pillage, destroy, rape, and everything, that's what I'm going to allow them to do as my judgments against you. Harsh, but it is the reality that God will do anything. He's a holy and just God, and he will bring about his judgment on those who refuse time after time after time after time of him warning them and telling them, I'm here to love you and give you grace and give you peace if you would come unto me. And they don't want to. Strange, but this is this is the truth of the gospel. This is in the Old Testament. Now we don't we have it so much better in the new. He's not going to 
send a foreign nation to destroy us, but he will allow the flesh to go after whatever it wants. If that's, if you want that captivity, if you want to go into captivity to your addiction and to your enslavement and your pornography and your gambling, okay, pursuit of money, he'll just say, he'll allow that enemy to come in and, and conquer you. He'll, in other words, he'll just, he can, he can often take his hand of blessing off of you until such a time that you are willing and ready to repent and come back. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who reside as aliens scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia, who are chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father by the sanctifying work of the Spirit to obey Jesus Christ and be sprinkled with his blood, May grace and peace be yours in the fullest measure. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are protected by the power of God through faith, for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. And this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials, so that the proof of your faith, being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Verse 8, and though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, but believe in him, you greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, obtaining as the outcome of your faith the salvation of your souls. As to this salvation, the prophets who prophesied of the grace that would come to you made careful searches and inquiries, seeking to know what person or time the Spirit of Christ within them was indicating as he predicted the suffering of Christ and the glories to follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you, and these things which now have been announced to you through those who preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things into which angels long to look. Therefore, prepare your minds for action, keep sober in spirit, fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lusts which were yours in your ignorance, but like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves also in all your behavior, because it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. If you... Address as Father the one who impartially judges according to each one's work. Conduct yourselves in fear during the time of your stay on earth, knowing that you were not redeemed with perishable things like silver or gold from your futile way of life inherited from your forefathers, but with precious blood, as of the Lamb, unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ, for he was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but has appeared in these last times for the sake of you, who through him are believers in God, 
who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. Since you have in obedience to the truth purified your souls for sincere love of the brethren, fervently love one another from the heart. For you have been born again, not of the seed which is perishable, but imperishable, that is, through the living and enduring word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flowers of grass. The grass withers, and the flower falls off, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word which was preached to you. We certainly get our concept of being born again here out of First Peter's mentioning it twice, that we are born again, which is a phenomenal concept. Try and imagine how new and different that was to the Jewish mind, if not the Gentile as well. To say from God's perspective, you're no longer the same person you were. Your life ended, and I gave you a brand new birth. And this was not reformation, but transformation. And this was Peter explaining and defining something which was so profound, and it was all based on a God they could not see. You do not see him now, and yet you believe in faith. And in that faith, you believed, and in that, you gained a new birth. How phenomenal for Peter to be around. I would think for Peter a privilege to be around people when he was older, of course, who had never known Jesus, never even seen him. And and they chose to believe by the words which Peter and um, John and Paul and others were sharing. He didn't go hand them a New Testament and say, go read this. They had letters, and they would go and speak to them. And I'm thinking about the Gentiles, too, that didn't even have the understanding of the Jewish law and how Jesus was the, the Lamb of God. You know, the first part, he talks about being sprinkled with the blood, and a Jew would have understood that that the, the high priest would come and the the covering of the sprinkling of the blood, they would sprinkle the blood on the altar, of course. It would be a symbol of the atoning blood of the sacrificial lamb was now covering them, covering them for their sin. And, and he, he talks about the precious blood which has been sprinkled upon you. And the Gentiles wouldn't really get, per se, maybe in their own pagan world, they would have understood that, but... What an amazing thing that he says, you guys chose to believe by faith. And you don't see him, even though you don't see him now. You've still chosen to to believe the message which we brought to you, and you understood it by faith, and you accepted it, that it was the grace of God that died, that he was the one that died for you. And that all you need to do is receive it, accept it, and and in faith, believe it. And so, with that, you now have a new birth, and you are a new creature. You are created new in Christ. How amazing is that? And for Peter had walked with Jesus all those years and gone through everything, he probably would ask himself, like I know I would, I wonder if I'd believe by faith if I never met Jesus, never saw him. Because as we find in the New Testament, is blessed is he who has never seen and yet still believes. There is that greater a blessing that those who had never walked with Jesus physically and knew him receive in New Testament terms a greater blessing. So 
faith is what God chose to use for us to come into this new life, into our eternity with him. He chose to remove himself from our sight so that we choose to follow him. And why? Because he's the living word of God. In a sense, he's just telling us, I just don't want you to see me in the physical form. I want you to see me in the written form. I want you to see that there are things more important than what the eye can perceive. It's what the soul and the heart and our understanding can perceive. And that is why Jesus, as he ascended then, became the Logos, which is the written word, which is now how we come before him as we are doing now and see him and understand him and believe by faith and have this new birth. Pretty cool. Charles Spurgeon, he will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. Psalm 103.9. He will chide sometimes or he would not be a wise father for such poor erring children as we are. His chiding is very painful to those who are true because they feel how sadly they deserve it and how wrong it is on their part to grieve him. We know what this chiding means. And we bow before the Lord, mourning that we should cause him to be angry with us. But what a comfort we find in these lines. Not always will he chide. If we repent and turn to him with hearts broken for sin and broken from sin, he will smile upon us at once. It is no pleasure to him to turn a frowning face towards those whom he loves with all his heart. It is his joy that our joy should be full. Come, let us seek his face. There's no reason for despair, nor even for despondency. Let us love a chiding God, and before long we shall sing, Thine anger is turned away, and thou comfortest me. Be gone, ye dark foreboding, ye ravens of the soul. Come in, ye humble hopes and grateful memories of the heart. He who pardoned us long ago as a judge will again forgive us as a father, and we shall rejoice in his sweet, unchanging love. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for these truths that we are looking at. We thank you that we have the understanding of the depravity of man and the depths to which one will sink eventually if he has no accountability before you, if he has nothing but a, um, a lust that goes unchecked and has no bounds and no consequences, that he would even take his own son and daughter and throw him into a fire. These things, Father, are horrid, and we understand why you have set the standards and why there are consequences. And we understand for us as believers that you are a God who loves us enough to discipline us, so we can see these things and we accept them. Not only that, we rejoice that you make every provision for us to avoid them and to give us life and life abundantly and to have a relationship where nothing can come in and separate us from your love. The positive side of the equation is so immense that it, it overshadows everything on the negative. So we thank you for your love for us and for your goodness and your guidance. We do pray today you would help us to continue to walk in that love 
and not in rebellion and not following after and not being deceived and going after the things that we know we should not be doing or be involved in. So purify us, God. Help us to walk in holiness. Sanctify us. Thank you for all you are doing in our lives and helping us in in our service to you and in the church. Continue to raise up the church. God, develop the ministries in these last days. Help to use us, God. Show us the gifts we have and where we can be used. God, we do end this morning by thanking you for the negotiations going on in Israel. We do pray these prisoners are exchanged even now. We wait expectantly to see in these future days if all of them might be released. So God, be the God of deliverance once again of Israel. Deliver those Jews, those Hebrews that are held captive and in bondage and set them free. And in doing so, God, let them come to the feet of Jesus. Help them come to see who it is, the one who is really setting them free and offering them new life. So thank you, God, for all you're doing today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you guys very much, as always, for being with us. And we will pick this up again tomorrow, as always. Read ahead if you want to. I'm sure we'll be in Ezekiel 24 and 25. So we'll keep going. Second Peter 2. And if you have any specific prayer requests that are short and you want to send over, let me know. Okay? God bless y'all. See you tomorrow.